0: Hey everybody, Dr. Diamond Jones here, physical therapist and fitness coach, and I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, I hope that you enjoy it. As every episode, we try to bring you high-impact content that is very valuable to your knowledge and to help push fitness, health, and wellness forward. So um, tune into the episode, let me know what you think afterwards, and if you want to check out any other content, head over to www highimpactpt.com slash uh, podcast. Again, www.highimpactpt.com slash podcast and check out even more podcasts from there. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. All right, yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the High Impact Health Podcast with your host, Dr. Diamond Jones, physical therapist and fitness coach. I almost forgot what I was for a second. Uh, we have one half of the trifecta, therapeutics uh team with me uh uh you know if i you you, you, if you are in the north uh kind of jersey area which i think is north jersey is that north jersey or south jersey uh
1: actually south jersey south jersey south
0: jersey right i'm kidding right south jersey uh premier sports and rehab center it's right here literally on your id that i'm reading off of terrible intro by the way uh (laughs) rehabilitate empower prevent uh performance uh get better and have fun doing it uh i have jeremy boy on the phone with me or on this call with me today just everybody just stop this intro and just say it was terrible it's all right though well, what's up man thank you for coming on uh
1: no problem man. yeah, yeah be here, you can you know?
0: definitely tell that i don't have a background in communications but it's all good
1: it's all good again listen to our first uh podcast on the nips and sips and uh I think I usually was once starting them and then Brandon, my bud, he's like, you know, why don't well, I take over the intro because <laughs> five times each time. So. Yeah,
0: so, no, I, nor, like normally I nail it, but this time I was just, I don't know what I was reading. I was like, North Jersey, South Jersey. It says it right here. The first thing it says, South Jersey. But anyways, uh, it's too late now and we're not starting it over. So it is what it is. So anyways, okay. man, thank you for coming on to the episode. Um, I know that we've been trying to skitter this for about a month, month and a half now um so i'm excited that you're
1: on yeah me too i'm excited
0: it sounds like you're doing some great
1: things uh with this podcast you brought some uh pretty cool uh people on board already so i'm just happy to, to be a part of this and uh you know talk
0: about whatever you want to talk about i'm ready for it yeah no yeah yeah let's uh so yeah let's just hop into it so talk to me a little bit about trifecta therapeutics tell me where the name came from because it's super interesting <laughs> I love the fact that you didn't go the traditional uh, physical therapy route in that sense. And I uh, kind of tell you about the trifecta and then um, we'll talk a little bit about how your, uh how how's everything set up on it?
1: All right. Um, that, yeah, that's a good start. So trifecta therapeutics. Um, yeah, definitely an interesting name. Hindsight uh, when it comes to telling someone your email or where your place is or the name of your place. <laughs> There's a lot of T's and S's that people mess up, but um why we named it that uh so it's just a general theme of things uh of the number three trifecta uh was close to home for me uh first and foremost i i'm the third of uh three brothers um my older brother is tim and dan so i'm number three i was number three in soccer um so i was just by that incentive was yeah, close to home um no not too many people know but i'm half Egyptian. So I love the pyramids. So the triangle component, that's how we made the triangle base. And then ultimately what really stood for was a couple things, but mainly sports orthopedics and manual therapy. So I went out uh after my after graduating PT school. Elected to do, elected to do an orthopedic residency at Temple University. That was the orthopedic side, got the OCS. Then afterwards, wanted to dive more into doing um, sports rehabilitation. So I did some mentorship, working with some SESs, uh, Then got my own SES, and then I've been a, a pretty much a manual therapy junkie since since I was a student. So those are the three kind of aspects of things. And then I believed uh, any good rehabilitation, you know, took three components really. Is the, the patient's got to be on board, the therapist is going to be on on uh you know doing their due diligence and be there for this for the client and then anybody else, the other components of the team, whether that be, you know, a trainer, a coach, uh, a physician, uh, massage therapist, chiropractor, whatever it may be. So a lot of things that tied into three. That's how we made the trifecta part uh come to be. And therapeutics, um pretty much I was I knew it was gonna be trifecta and I had a bunch of names after Trifecta that we were kind of testing out and Trifecta Therapeutics kind of stuck out. So uh, that's how I can asked my now wife. I was like, oh, which one of these names you and your family like? And Therapeutics was the coolest one. So we stuck with it.
0: Yeah. Nope. For sure. And I'm glad that we took that route. Right? I could have asked you about your background and you could have talked about that for f- probably 15 years. And, and, uh, I'm sure it was an interesting background. So I'm glad we started there. Cause that's, I mean, that's huge. to you know, your, your, why, and exactly, you know, um, you know, not only when it comes to your personal life, but also your professional life as well. You mentioned sports, orthopedics, rehab, you had three or two brothers. Sorry, my phone is deciding to rain. Uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, all of it fits. So, I'm, I'm glad that we started there. So, yeah, for sure. So, let's talk uh, like a little bit about your patient population of uh, sports rehab. I say that I do, quote, unquote, sports as well, but my are, like, non-traditional sports. So, tell me kind of what sports are you all normally treating there. Uh, what do they have up there in uh, South Jersey that uh, that you all see a lot? Um,
1: yeah, so we pretty much, even though we are orthopedics, I guess we're – I guess kind of – I kind of call it sportsopedics, like one <laughs> yeah. word. Uh, that's one of our hashtags that coined that one was I go at things with the orthopedic approach a lot What I got from temple and, you know, learning under some fellows stuff like that from the, the Academy of uh, manual therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we are a sports, sports population. So I know you're big into uh, your, your clientele or CrossFitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big chunk of mine as well. Uh, Cause I go to one of the local gyms. Uh, but we do see the pretty much the whole array of sports uh we don't really get into the like the nitty-gritty of orthopedics of like total knee replacements and stuff so we definitely just see sports we have soccer players gymnasts um football players basketball players we definitely have a lot of basketball players that's probably a lot due to uh to my buddy my right hand man cam who's my strength and conditioning coach um and my marketing officer so he definitely brings a basketball vibe to to the clinic and that's his thing uh but yeah we see about anyone who power lifters and a lot of uh, every once in a while a good amount of just physique uh athletes and lifters and stuff so yeah we do get a wide array of of the whole gamut of sports Nobody played ping pong, but we have had a couple pool players, which is kind of funny. But <laughs> first. Yeah, Look, no,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. My last uh, guest on here, she said they, uh, she said she treated a lot of squash players, I was like, I have no idea what that is. But particular to her area, it just happened to be a lot of squash players, so that's what she starts to see. So hey, wherever you can get it, ping pong players—they're athletes, right? I mean, they got to get their they get their heart rate up, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, hell yeah, man. yeah. Everybody wants to go for the sexy stuff CrossFitters, Olympic lifters, basketball players, football players. But look, those ping pong players, they don't be playing, man. They don't be playing.
1: Oh, I love me some ping pong. Like, anyone wants to go ping pong? I'm ready to go. Like, that's. I wish I, I wish I could have gone pro with that in the grand scheme.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I. Uh, I'm treating a, uh, a a bowler right now. You would you would be surprised how I many how much mechanics go into bowling, man. I mean, just from the the aspect of it, shoulder issue obviously, but man, just getting them back to it is crazy. And, and like those bowling balls are not light <laughs> at all. So yeah.
1: Yeah, dude, much, yeah, yeah, how much weight is he he slinging down there? How heavy is his ball?
0: Twenty five pounds.
1: Oh, 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 He's blowing up that those pins. Then, dang! Yeah.
0: <laughs> twenty-five pounds—the most I've ever done. Like I do, like twenty, because my fingers have to fit into them. Like I do not want to do twenty; I'd rather do like a thirteen. a twenty-five pound ball, I'm like, geez. Well, no wonder your shoulder, you know. But anyways, <laughs> we'll move on from that. But yeah, treating those non-traditional athletes is a uh, super fun and and, and something that I enjoy as well. And like you said, like I, you know, I treat crossfitters and stuff like that, which is becoming a mainstay and a main sport, but you know, still, it doesn't have that, that kind of that, that rehab approach that would be uh, conventional, like when your school and stuff. So I always envy those people that get to go through that pain and range of motion, blah, 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 that textbook, more or less, or even if the clinic has figured out a way that their athletes do it. Um, I always appreciate that. It reminds me of the of the of the, the good times what I could just kind of just be able to figure it out and have things go on, like, a, a linear path. I'm not saying people are that way, but at least you know it to at 12 weeks what something should look like, whereas in this CrossFit game, and, like, you know this as well, it's just different. <laughs> it's just different. You're trying yeah. to – Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. uh,
1: couple things going on at once. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them, and, uh, you know, it's there. Probably some of the most dedicated athletes. So like uh, you have to, whereas versus you know soccer player tears her ACL, she's out or hurts herself for sport for at least a couple weeks. So you give it shut. Almost impossible to do with like CrossFit athletes, and Mm -hmm. I respect that because again they're that driven, and it becomes a passion to them. But it's a little bit tougher, you know, trying to navigate that. And it doesn't lead to that beautiful linear pattern as, you know, those other type of injuries in uh, sports. But definitely, definitely a lot of detective work, which is fun. Uh, That's why I enjoy it. It's like, all right, how are we going to, you know, make an improvement today so that their workout three hours from now is much better for them. So definitely makes it fun.
0: Man, hey, look! I envy the fact you get three hours. No, I get maybe like the next class. (laughs) Like they, like I'm literally there and like they're treating and they're going out there to the class or they're like, hey, look! I gotta hurry up. I got 45 minutes. I know I'm paying you for an hour, but I got 45 minutes because I came late. I gotta make sure I do my workout and stuff. So, look, I envy the fact you got three. I mean, we're talking like coming off the table sweaty, going into it, going. It's it's crazy, but I love it, man. So. Anyways, we could talk CrossFit all day long, but that's not why I brought you on here, man. I brought you on here, obviously, because I love the fact that you all are high on social media, high in, in like, just being a different type of uh, rehab clinic. So talk about a little bit, I know we talked about from a rehab standpoint. How do you and um Cam work together as far as when it comes to that? Because I can't wait to bring on a new employee, and it won't be a traditional PP. Um, more or less what I think just you know like a strength conditioning coach or a massage therapist or some ancillary staff that coincides with what I do and you know being able to step out of my own way and being comfortable because you know PT's got egos right um, how do you and Cam work together in that aspect to make sure that you all are a team and not just saying well go see Cam or hey go see Jeremy you know what I mean so how do how do y'all do that
1: Um. yeah so I mean we all our clients I guess probably see a piece of us or definitely mostly me so cam is definitely uh man he's the best thing that's happened to the company um but definitely not in traditional so cam was originally a school teacher um before like working with me and he was actually a, a business connection of mine because he runs a uh intramural basketball softball dodgeball league and then he became a client and then he saw what we we're doing what I was doing at the time. And he wanted, he, he suggested, you know, if, if anything, if we were growing or if he need, if, if I needed help or anything like that, he would love to come on board. So, um, while, you know, I, saw, I love this character. So we brought him on and then he became a strength and conditioning, uh, uh, CSCS specialist. Um, so it was a little bit different. Um, but what happens is we just have the same, uh, mindset. Uh, definitely, I guess when we first retreated him, he saw that, how, how it was going to be at my clinic. And, um, so we just kind of have the same approach of things of I can trust cam to take a look and watch over my clients if I'm working with someone else. Uh, so we don't really get into too many Like, all right, how's it going to be or anything like that? I just tell Kim, I'm like, all right, can you do X, Y, Z? Or if it's someone like a basketball player or anything like that, I'm like, Kim, you know, if there's anything that you suggest, I mean, that's your meat and potatoes, you know, go for it. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more different than, you know, you know, two opposite ends. Or if you have someone like like a massage therapist or anything like that, where it's like two separate things kind of going on. So we're definitely like, you know, two heads on one body sort of thing.
0: Yeah, you know, I I love that, and 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 again, I think of it from approach of like, there's like we are blending the model so much that it's hard to say exactly, quote unquote, what we do. And I and like I love that. Um, I seen a post yesterday where someone said, "Hey, look, you no, know, the general public doesn't know what we do. Great, go tell them what you do." You know what I mean? Because some of us are doing wound care, some of us are doing just public health, some of us are, are blending the model. Of strength and conditioning and rehab, I love that the fact that I didn't go to school, sit there, uh, in like my case for two years, and have to go out there and do the same thing that they were doing five years ago. I don't want to. It, it doesn't fit my personality. So I'm glad that you all have that type of model in uh, your gym, and it's working out awesome for you all. So uh, kudos for, for doing that. And I love the fact that he went from a patient to an you know, employee and coworker now. So you automatically get that buy-in. So that's pretty cool. So.
1: Definitely yeah, definitely amazing. Uh yeah, it's with Cam and then yeah, as you say, hit hit the nail on the head there is yeah, the profession's amazing, it's constantly growing and you know, there's a debate of whether a lot of it, you know, in the PT realm is oh, I mean, I'm a huge direct access provider. Um, most of my clients are direct access and I'm sure yours as well, being that they're the gym. Um, but you know, some PTs want to kind of segregate themselves saying we should treat it all, we should do it all. Um, and then there's some other ones that follow solely a script like they were, as you're saying, five years ago. It's finding that healthy in between, you know, being a part of a team and, you know, working with all the people who are truly our specialists in their field. We're not the best at everything, uh, especially PT. A lot of us, we just kind of become a jack of all trades some mobilization manipulations we'll do some soft tissue we do some exercise um yeah definitely advance your skills in all of them but you know there are other people who can definitely help that and ultimately they're helping your clients so
0: yeah no it's almost uh kind of (laughs) kind of sacrilegious when people you know because one of my largest referral sources uh one of the people that i communicate communicate with constantly is a chiropractor and uh, I, we both are on the same model of fitness, health, and wellness. And we've, we've had conversations about that kind of stuff, but I personally don't feel comfortable with some things, uh, you know, as far as treatment style, so I'll make sure I'll send them to them. I've probably sent more patients to the local PT clinic than I've probably seen at this point. I'm being facetious, but like, I'm serious about that as well, cause they don't quite fit my model. So I know those people that, that I need to come see me and they're not all crossfitters. They fit into a certain mode and what's going to allow them to be successful. And those people that I say, Hey, look, you have really great insurance. You need two to three times a week of just movements. Let me get you to someone that allows you to do that. And then those people that are highly motivated, they're able to come see me. i say, Hey, look, I think I can help. So like you said, being able to figure out who's the best fit. And then if it's not you, Move the ego aside and go, do, you know, let people go do their thing, right? And then if it is you, you convince that person through good marketing techniques, good, you know, communication and good, you know, uh, personal skills in order in order to get them there. So I, I, I think that's huge to be able to just put that aside and just say, you know, we're like we're not a jack of all trades, but also, too, we're not, like, technicians anymore. <laughs> we are physical therapists. We're doctors at this point. And we need to be able to, to make these decisions for people. And I love making those decisions for people. So that's the that's that's the primary reason why I love being a direct access clinician. Cause people come to me and I'm like, oh, hey, go see your orthopedic, the PD, you know, <laughs> or hey, go do regular PT or hey, come see me and question as it do that is it's awesome. That's that, that's that's the most important thing. So for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um yeah. is an
1: awesome thing. Uh um, I'm glad the profession is moving down that route. Um, compare one of my mentors, he was like, yeah, this would never happen. You know, 10, 15 years ago, we weren't able to think outside the box. And now we can really expand on our true expertise to really make people better. So
0: um, it's awesome. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, I, I'm glad I'm able to get into the profession right now and I have to go that uh, traditional route. And people like yourself and so many other mentors of mine just kind of coming up through the game and just going through people and realizing, oh, I don't have to take that, that, that job at that clinic to do that thing that everyone else is doing. I can kind of create my own past and be a, uh, a strength coach and be a uh, CrossFit coach and be a clinician. And it's just, I mean, we're just living in a good need. Anyways. So let's talk about if I was an athlete going through your clinic, exactly how that uh, that that rehab process would go. Don't give us all your secrets; you never know who's listening. But you know exactly how would that process go for me coming in? And let's say I am a traditional athlete, a football player, basketball player, or whatever. And like you know, how do you like you interject Cam in there? Like what work are you doing with them? Is it manual from the top? Is it's the assessment portion of it that you use? Just talk through all that. I like to kind of you know get the background story of how, if I was an athlete, how I can go from point A to uh, maybe you stop at point G or H for a little bit and get all the way down to Z as well, which is return to sport with uh, the lowest risk of re-injury, which we know, uh, you know there's never any true injury prevention, but – you know, lowering my risk of re-injuring myself. So how do I, like, What what what's the process with that?
1: Uh, yeah. So, um, for all my clients, uh, or my athletes, if so, it's a traditional person, I, I, whether it's traditional or not, whether you have a script and had a surgery or didn't have a surgery or you're a direct access client, I treat them all one and the same. My screening process is the same. I roll in, roll out, um, you know, any proximal issues. So whether it's lower extremity, I am ruling out lumbar spine. If it's upper extremity, it's ruling out the cervical spine. So they have to go through all that. Generally. Yeah. So I evaluate someone that can go from an hour, hour and a half at times, you know, you know it, what they taught us in uh, at least, you know, residency training is when you're take a good enough subjective history uh, take that time to really listen to the patient because that might you might be the first provider ever to really listen to them in most medical professions within, you know, 10 to 15 minutes if that, you know, you know, you've already been examined, talked to, and either treated or told where to be treated. So mm-hmm. make sure I, I take a good time, get all the history, and that way I'm not doing a million special tests or anything like that. Um, I then, you know, proceed from there, really make sure I understand their goals that they see that I'm concerned about their goals and, um, already starting to talk about them right there and then, and then we go through a good thorough examination of, you know, making sure we're not just focusing in on, let's say their knee, uh, you know, I am rolling out the back, so I'm doing, you know, uh, active range motion with overpressure. I'm looking at nerve tension and those sort of things just in case something comes through the through the through the exam that I wasn't even expecting so I'm like all right well we have our primary hypothesis it's a you know MCL's brain but you know it could be something else and you know things do come through the woodworks you know you have a secondary and tertiary hypothesis for a reason but um, you know you do a good subjective exam you know it should limit those surprises so much so from there you know look at you know all the strength of of the muscles uh thing and especially proximal you know don't want to just purely focus in on the area and then uh from there uh i make sure the client knows you know especially with the exam is you know they should see that there are differences especially those non-traditional where it's not like i had a surgery or anything like that Mm -hmm. they be like wow you know what when he pushed on that side versus this side or on that muscle versus that muscle comparison, there was a difference or shoot, I can't straighten my knee all the way in comparison to the other one. That's, that seems important. Uh, So the exam should, you know, highlight certain things. I try not to tell them like, Hey, look at this, but they they generally get a good feel of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, you know, you just want to, you know, once you gather all the data, go up to the client and be like listen so this is this is what i think is going on uh this is that de- something i can definitely help you with and uh, you know this is what i definitely need you to do at home and this is what we're going to do for you here to ha- help it out so from there i have the luxury because i do own my own practice and stuff like that i'll typically start treatment right there and then so yeah as i mentioned before i am a manual i like to do manual therapy I uh, kind of view it as a reset button, you know, makes people generally feel good, provides a window of opportunity where things feel a little bit better. And then I use the, you know, the exercises, aka what's really going to fix them, you know, let them be, you know, feel better, improve movement, improved quality of movement. Um, so I generally kind of go in that kind of sequence of, you know, if I need to do any hands-on, not everyone, but for some people, Yes then i'll kind of do the exercises review their home program and then you know tell them how long i need to see them and that's pretty much the gist of it and you know my patients can always reach me and that way they always know that i'm there for them but that's probably about the the gist of a first
0: session with one of my athletes Uh, yeah beautiful um I was just basically just taking it all in, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to think of anything right now." But as as soon as you got done, I was like, "All right, yeah, no, that. I mean, that's some serious stuff right there." Uh, One thing, one thing that did pop into my head is that you mentioned you know, during the exam, you're really trying to, uh, you know, not only assess, I know we're getting in the wheeze and technical, but really you're assessing to the point where it's almost like you're finding stuff that's really, really good about the person. And those things that might be you know, suboptimal or, hey, prevent them from reaching their goals, you're highlighting the thing. So it's not like, hey, you have this, uh, but, you know, uh, everything else in your body doesn't, you know, like it's good. You're almost highlighting it to the point where it's like, hey, you're 95, 96% better. But if like you want to squat more, if, like you want to get back to running or if you have an athlete that is coming off of a serious injury, hey, you know, these, these, these are the things that's going on. You're ruling out the spine. You're ruling out neurodynamics. So, like, that's super huge, and, like, you know, it, it just lets me know that I'm going to continue to stay on the right path, I hope, as a young clinician, <laughs> and I'm going to you to kind of, okay, am I doing this stuff? And sometimes we can get so focused on the joint that, you know, people forget those things, and I'm, and I'm glad I'm trying to be able to remember those things that I learned from my thing. Also, too, uh, the, the one thing that you talked about is, obviously, moving it and move on. Uh, Tim Flynn talks about this all the time. Like, you know, like, you know if you're a manual therapist, or if you're doing whatever, like, do whatever you got to do and then do the things that's going to reflect that as well. So like you said, cause that small uh, that window of opportunity so they can do exercises and so they can get back to doing what they love to do and uh, not being afraid to say, yes, I'm a manual therapist. Yes. Like putting my hand on people, um, which, which is, which is great. And I don't know why there's such a, uh, <laughs> a back and forth on that. I like when people put their hands on me too, as well, even if it's just a high five or a rub my shoulder or whatever so I, I i think that that's that's awesome that you kind of brings on that so yeah that's pretty cool
1: yeah uh, it, there's a lot i mean someone said best that probably Adrian low or something like that yeah. is we have we have the arguably the best profession in medicine um, mm. or so thus you know it can talk to chiropractors can kind of dive into it as well is that we have you know, for the most part, you know, depending on your model and stuff, uh, we had that an hour, 45 minutes, or maybe even a half an hour to an hour, which is still that half an hour is better than most medical prof- professionals, is that we have the ability to, you know, educate and listen to our clients or listen to their uh, problems, address the, the biopsychosocial or the cognitive components of their issues. We have the ability to provide hands-on therapies. Let's face it. You know, you whack your shin when you were a, a kid. What's the first thing you did was rub it, right? Yeah, it has yeah. some making things feel better. Um, and then we also have, you know, the exercises to regain what is lost, to improve things. And we, and we can tie all three of those in. Um, and then on the back end modalities, I'm not a huge fan of those by any means. But if you want to use them, go ahead. Um, you know, we have that ability to provide all three versus a lot of professions. It's all right, well, no, massage therapy is great. I refer to them all the time. They're only, or most of the time, hands-on, mm-hmm. um, you know, psychologist is, you know, mostly that education component, um, you know, a, a personal trainer, it's mostly exercise. We have that, that unique opportunity with the time that we have to provide all three, and a lot of people are, again, as you're saying, I don't know why there's, you know, things against it and why people don't utilize it more of, of our manual therapy skills. You know, maybe it's one because we're a little widespread on what type of manual therapies we use. Some people dive weight, uh, in my opinion, and I love pain science, I just reference Adrian Lowe. they go way too much into it and think that they can just talk their clients out of pain and give some exercises and load them up and they should be fine. And, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, why, why restrict the client? Why not give them, you know, that kind of three pronged approach. So again, that's my philosophy. I'm not, you know, the one all say all in therapy, but you know, we do have that unique ability. So mm-hmm. it's a blessing in itself. So use it and abuse it while we have it.
0: Yeah. And you could do all three, and you could do all three, right? I mean, I, I, I sit back and think about um a technique that I learned from uh my CI and my mentor, and he used to not only present the education while he's doing the manual therapy. And then he could use some contract, relax techniques, again, the quote-unquote exercise. So, hey, look, how does this feel? How does this feel? And then they'll load it up right afterwards. So it doesn't have to be this dichotomous state of, like, we're only doing pain science right then and there. And there's all kinds of quotes out there, but um, and I I can't quite put a name on it. But, you know, being able to kind of blend all three, like you said, and do it seamlessly without – having this big workup one like oh I'm about to deliver manual therapy or I have to deliver exercise and just letting it flow and, letting, and like let those things be where they may and you know not being too far to one way too far to the other but being somewhere in the middle and doing what that person needs look I've talked patients off of the ledge uh, for lack of a better term to oh like I just want to quit this no hey look let's talk about this for a second and give that pain science education ones where we come in, we basically high five each other, and I know that person needs to be loaded, and that's what we do and we talk about the games and stuff like that so um i I, I think that's huge and again, just just being able to just seamlessly being able to just um, you know commit all three of those things and when the next new intervention comes out that that we have to add into that as well um and intervention very very loosely by the way, um, not like a tool, but an actual intervention. Uh hey look, just add that into it as well. And maybe it's I don't know, something else. <laughs> just add that to the just add that to our repertoire as well. And uh like you said, just uh do it while we can. Just do it while we can. For sure. Yeah. So speaking of the, uh speaking of games, right? There's a big game this weekend. Uh and by the time this episode is out, uh it'll already be over. Who do you have in the Super Bowl?
1: Uh actually I am from New Jersey, but I'm actually a Patriots fan. Oh, nice. If uh, I make you lose a couple of people listening in as a of that. It's a long story, um, but I was raised not to
0: like the Cowboys. And, oh, uh,
1: no. yeah. Uh, just because of that,
0: I might just kick you off my podcast because I love the Cowboys. I was raised a Cowboys fan. And oh, you-
1: man. See, I was the exact opposite. If I knew that, I might have not even hopped in on this. <laughs> I don't know why they never, per se, did anything bad to me, but my dad raised me that way and um, didn't really have a team. And then uh, I was playing uh, Madden 98 with my brother, and that's the only team I could have beat him in, so it was the Patriots. So that's when I became a Patriots fan and stuck with it, even though I'm in Eagles country out here. I get my yeah. chops busted a lot, but I am have to go with my team. I think uh, – I don't think – I don't think the Rams really deserve to be there. uh, They obviously worked hard all season and stuff, but that call um, and everything like that and then uh, a fairly young quarterback and coach going up against Bill Belichick, uh, I think it's a recipe for a win for the Patriots, but that's my pick.
0: Yeah, no, I would uh, would agree with that. The call was a terrible call. And even more so, too, like, you you know, this whole, like, young – uh, up and coming offensive coordinator thing. This whole rush to that. You know, the NFL is obviously a copycat league. But like, look how long Doug Peterson was a coach. Look how long, uh, you know, obviously Bill Belichick. Those coaches that have at least been winning it, it was super good. And then look at the Rams for when they got all the money in the world. Like they have the richest, probably one of the richest owners in the NFL. So they'll sign a bunch of free agents. And then secondly, too, they were drafting the bottom of the barrel for years. So it's like they have all these draft picks that actually just flourished into really good athletes, and then they had all this money. So I don't think that's the recipe for success. I think what the the Patriots are doing where they're, you know, obviously doing really good GM work. They're picking at the bottom of the – or I guess the top of the NFL draft every year and developing those players. People forget that a coach means that you're developing someone um, and doing that really, really well rather than just their talent just kind of Bl- uh, blowing over and I think that's what the Rams have they have a lot of talent but I think the Patriots and by far am I rooting for either one of them uh <laughs> uh you know because you know if the Patriots win they got more Super Bowls than anyone ever I, I stillers, but you know they they will go down obviously as this era go down as one of the the best um and it's undisputed that they are going on 20 years worth of dominance and that's unheard of like we're talking what the seventies and stills was at six years. I mean, we're talking 20 years of sustained dominance in the league where they don't want you to be dominant. They want to pay you the less money. so that people can just kind of go about their business. And then like, and like they know the Super Bowl is going to be the highest grossing thing in the world, basically our highest viewed. So it doesn't matter who's in it. Um, <laughs> so they don't care, but being able to withstand that over time with different players and stuff. I mean, that's, that's amazing, man. That's, that's, that's crazy. So, Kudos to the Patriots, and uh, you were on the right side of history picking them, so, yeah. <laughs> especially way back in 98, because you couldn't see that coming. You, you couldn't.
1: <laughs> not, not when I was, uh, yeah. you know, eight years old.
0: Yeah, no, you couldn't see that. Now, I mean, now someone's a Patriots fan, it's kind of like, oh, okay, good, you 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 are no different than the Cowboys in the 90s or the uh, San Francisco in the 80s, you know what I mean? But, like, you know, if, like if you pick them early enough, um, kudos to you all, and especially if you're from that area. Jersey's still close, to somewhere maybe to Massachusetts. So you're all good to go. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, 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 all good to go. So, anyways, so in closing, um, I, I know we can continue to talk all day long, but I know that you gotta get out of here and uh, run a, a trifecta. So, um, in closing, uh, please do all your self plugs. Um, if you have any courses coming up, you said that you do continue and so plug all that stuff. Let us let us know the date, and then I'll have all of these things in the show notes, to everybody so that you're able to look at those and sign up for them and get up there to new jersey which is way too cold for me right now so if i do anything up north it will be in the summertime just letting you know um but yeah do all the self plugs, social medias all that fun stuff oh
1: yeah um yeah right now today it was six degrees when i woke up to go (laughs) class so
0: yeah Yeah,
1: brutal here um but yeah uh in regards to yeah i you guys can follow me at um trifecta Therapeutics. so sorry for the long name so it's t-r-i-f-e-c-t-a-t-h-e-r-a-p-e-u-t-i-c-s i I think i got that right on the first shot (laughs) Uh, on facebook and and instagram we do have a a twitter but we don't use that one as much Uh, also my personal one as business continues to expand i kind of use trifecta as my personal but the decent doctors, my personal, you know, PT, uh, I talk about my personal experience with, uh, mentorship. I have a thing going Monday mentors where I talk and give, uh, credit to all my previous mentors. I get that kickstart, uh, hopefully in, in next week. Uh, then we also have a podcast at Minips and Sips. So maybe we're going to have to get you on there, uh, in a, in a couple episodes. And then, um, let's see what else. And then, yes, uh, if you guys, uh, be good is to follow pursue, uh, pursue PT. Um, there, uh, that's a continuing, it's my buds company, Brandon Cruz, excellent therapist, uh, really, uh, superior, uh, elite level. He's a fellow in training double board certified like myself. Um, but we, uh, he runs courses. Uh, we keep it to mostly New Jersey, New York, PA. Uh, but yeah, the mirror we have one in May uh, at my clinic. So it'll be a little bit warmer around then, probably about sixties and seventies degrees. So that might not be too bad. So we did we uh do spinal manipulations. So we're trying to get that power back into physical therapy it was something that was in our practice act. Uh, so that we started since, you know, you know, World War One era. Um, we kinda lost the sense of that, but that's one of our main courses. We do peripheral manipulations, and then we do a. Uh, we're up. We have a cervical and lumbar management course. Uh, uh, definitely, you know, for the areas where most people struggle, or I felt I struggled the most out PT school is the neck and the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, we try and help out with that, and we're looking to continue to grow some classes. So uh, that's what I'll be doing. I'll be taking CrossFit Level One in New Jersey um, in about two weeks in Hamilton but um and then probably gonna do uh a um, uh the conference in the in the in october but those are the big things on my radar right now
0: yeah awesome man yeah no that crossfit level one is gonna be amazing um i mean you you just learn so much and i think that these people five or six years ago were doing something similar to cam where they were just kind of teachers or whatever and see how much passion they have for it and I tell people at this point now, like even if you're not even planning on working with athletes, or I'm sorry, not working with athletes, just getting that and just having that and being a practicality approach of it, followed with a, a quote unquote test is is awesome. Like being able to just get up and move, whereas other certifications just kind of clinical or I'm sorry, book based. This one gets you moving, and that PVC pipe will be heavy. <laughs> just, just, uh, just as a warning for you. This is.
1: Uh awesome. I look forward to yeah, her is good and yeah, pretty much I don't really plan on coaching. yeah uh, but I learned it more from my clients, um I'm mm-hmm. psyched about that and from someone who's taken the course and coaches. Um I'm now really psyched about it, so that's awesome. Yeah, no,
0: good stuff. So yeah, thanks, Jeremy, man, for, for coming on to the episode. Um, I always love talking to fellow clinicians, especially those that are, you know, and in and, and, and my point of view, five steps ahead of me and, like, give me something to kind of reach for. You know, you all coming on here and uh, relaying that knowledge. And for those people out there listening, I know we got a little, uh, little, you know, uh, PT, baby. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. We, we, we try to do everything for everybody. So um, definitely you know, enjoy that aspect of it um and thanks again man for coming up to the episode oh uh, absolutely thank you for having me on bud for sure so thank you everybody for to another episode of the high impact health podcast continue to improve your strength your performance uh you know continue to be well and always uh try to knock out your health okay so and outro was terrible too it's all right though thanks everybody hey real quick before i let you go jeremy delivered something. Awesome content! So I, so, I wanted to return the favor by giving you all his Con Ed course dates so you all can check them out, especially if you are in the New Jersey area. Even if you aren't, please, please, please go check out his cool content. So, here are some dates here for you, and then if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to Jeremy. So, on April 27th and 28th, they have a, a cervical thoracic management course at Pursuit PT. On May 18th and 19th, they have a spinal manipulation course at Trifecta Therapeutics. On June 22nd through 23rd, they have a lumbopelvic management course at Pursuit PT. On July 20th, they have an extremity management course um, at Pursuit PT. On August 17th through 18th, they have a lower extremity course at Pursuit PT. On September 21st and 22nd, they have an upper management Extremity course, and then October th- uh, cervical thoracic, um, and then again on on uh, November twenty second uh, and third, lumbo pelvic course at Trifecta. and then lastly December seventh and eighth, they have a spinal manipulation course. So sorry that that, that kind of ran over, but I wanted you all really really to check that out. Let him know that D sent you, so you all can uh, can can uh, put the plugs in there. So awesome, thanks so much. Go ahead and rock out, and thank you for listening to the episode.